When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trevor Woods here with SB Nation's Mason Brew with another edition of Getting to Know the Opponent. I'm speaking with 950 KJR's Dave Mahler. We are completely ready for Saturday. We're very excited. Um, Michigan fans definitely excited to be 1-0. Unfortunately for Washington, uh, an upset loss, a low-scoring loss to Montana, a team that uh, everybody thought they'd beat. And uh, I know you've been a busy man this week, Dave, answering the same precise question, but uh, for the layman, for the Michigan fan who hasn't seen the game that Washington lost, what went into it, what went wrong, and uh, what can they do to fix it? Well, the biggest problem was the offensive line, uh, to be honest with you, man. Just got kind of manhandled by Montana's front seven, and that was the most disappointing thing, I think, of the entire game, is that that was supposed to be your strength. and. You know, you could you could envision maybe some wacky, crazy ending where Montana just simply finds a way to win the game, but not like that. Not not because your offensive line struggled to protect the quarterback, um, and and that was I think disturbing for Husky fans to see on Saturday. You know, all off season long we talked about how great this offensive line was going to be. They had all five guys back from a year ago, including an All American candidate in Jackson Kirkland at left tackle, who's Father Dean played for the Huskies back in the day. So, you know, that was uh, pretty shocking to see. Uh, they actually replaced a couple linemen during the game on Saturday, and really nothing worked against those guys. And it's possible it was just a horrible, horrible matchup for them. It's also possible they overlooked Montana. I know Ryan Bowman, uh, defensive end number 55, said today that he thought that they just did not have any energy on the sideline, which is very unusual for a head coach like Jimmy Lake, who uh, one of his biggest things he brings to the table is his youthfulness and his energy, and they did not have any of that on Saturday. So it was just a complete disaster uh, on, on all sides of the football, including special teams, coaching, defense. The defense hung in there as long as they could and then got pushed around in the fourth quarter when it became apparent that they maybe needed to score to win the game or force a turnover. Maybe they were pressing a little bit, but just going back to your original question, I think the biggest problem on Saturday was the play of the offensive line. So we're going to see what happens this weekend against a much better front seven. I'll tell you that in Michigan. Now, ideally, redshirt freshman quarterback Dylan Morris obviously had a bad game, but part of that can be attributed to the offensive line. He threw three interceptions, uh, but he was a highly touted prospect, the number five pro-style quarterback in his class. Can Morris get some stuff done if he's protected, though? Yeah, no, I mean, he's, look, I mean, Dylan Morris is not, you know, you think of all the great Husky quarterbacks that we've had here at UW from, I don't know, guys like Jake Locker to, you know, Brock Heward, Damon Heward, Warren Moon, um, you know, Chris Chandler back in the day, of course, uh, Marcus Tuyasasopo, who beat Purdue in the Rose Bowl and Drew Brees in, in 2000. He's not of that ilk. There's no question about that. He's not a guy that right now I would think would be coveted by the NFL. 
but we saw last year that he's also not totally incapable either. I mean, he had a bad day. That Nobody's going to make excuses for Dylan Morris. He had a bad day throwing the football. He had three interceptions. At least two of them were on him, by the way. Ran into at least one sack, maybe even two of them. It was overthrowing, underthrowing guys all day long. But I think a large part of that was because of the offensive line. So, yes, if you give him protection, he, he, he can find guys. But on, on top of that, and this is another issue for this game on Saturday, Washington was down their top four wide receivers in this game. So, I, I look, I know you guys are down Ronnie Bell uh, after the Western Michigan game over the weekend, but if they don't get some of those guys back, that could be a pretty thin group this weekend as well. Now, yeah, that's absolutely brutal, and you can't just continue to expect the defense to hang in there. Like you said, last week, week one, fourth quarter, uh, they just the gas got let out of them, and that's going to continue to happen. Now, with all these receivers out, it seems like uh, conventional wisdom would say tight end Kate Otten is going to be a bigger factor. Yeah, he had eight catches in the game on Saturday, but... You know, they were having to leave him home to block a lot. And I'm wondering what his kind of role for this game will be against Michigan. You know, I mean, uh, are they going to use jumbo packages again? We saw three tight end sets in this game on Saturday versus Montana. Will we see that again against Michigan? But, yeah, he is, he is from a pass-catching perspective, absolutely the biggest threat that Washington has to offer. He's a, he's a 10-target-per-game kind of guy and has NFL written all over him. But... If you can't protect with five and need to leave six home, even seven, then all of a sudden Kate Otten's you know, effectiveness as a pass catcher is negated because the guy is staying home to be used as a blocker. So I'm just curious, man, to see what last week meant and, and what going into Saturday they can get done with their basic offensive line because if they need to use Kate Otten as a blocker, that's going to take away a giant weapon, giant weapon for uh, Dylan Morris. Moving to the other side of the ball on defense, Washington last season, although it was a truncated season, they did lead the Pac-12 in total defense. That's always an impressive feat when you look at that conference, a talented conference. Are you still high on the Washington defense this year? Yeah, I am. You know, again, I thought there were some disappointing things about the game on Saturday, but, you know, with 11 minutes to go in the game, Montana had three points, uh, you know, and... Again, I'm not saying that that is really anything that should be celebrated because it's Montana, for God's sakes. I mean, they should do a good job of holding a team like that down. But I, I think the defense, for the most part, up until those last couple drives of the game, was doing everything they were supposed to do. And then for whatever reason, they just fell apart. Again, maybe it, it was because they felt pressure to step up. Maybe they were getting tight. Uh, maybe they felt like they should have forced a turnover and given the Huskies better field position. But there were two opportunities in the game where UW's defense did give the Huskies the ball inside the Montana 50, and they did nothing with it. So I think if there's one thing about the defense, I'd like to see them do better. I'd love to see the interior of the defensive line maybe play a little better. Uh, and that's Sam Taimani and Tuli Latuli Gasanoa. Uh, and you'll see those guys on Saturday against Michigan 55. Ryan Bowman might be their best edge rusher, 48. Eddie Olafoscio is their best linebacker. And then 22, Trent McDuffie is probably their best cover corner. But it's just hard to talk about anything positive from that game when you lose to a freaking FCS team, man. You know that. Exactly. 100% correct. Now, just about the matchup itself. you got Michigan, you got Washington. These are two teams. You kind of think when they meet each other, it's usually in the Rose Bowl or something along those lines. Now, head coach of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, 
he made comments this past week. He called uh, the loss they had to Montana irrelevant, and then he also said that he's heard from friends and Michigan players, their friends, that uh, Washington considers Michigan like their biggest game. They've been preparing for it all summer, the one they had circled. Uh, just curious what you've heard in your orbit out that way in the Pacific Northwest, how big yeah. is the team and just people in general treating this matchup that's going to be on ABC on primetime Saturday night? Because it's the biggest non-conference game that you play, uh, and it's the next game on the schedule. So, I mean, I, I don't know what Harbaugh's talking about. That just sounds like a bunch of nonsense and just, you know, a guy just throwing cliches out there to get his own team fired up. I mean, if I were Jim Harbaugh, I would, I would not want my players looking at Washington as the team that lost to Montana. I would want them looking at them just as Washington, you know, a team that when you normally play them, it's a gigantic game. This is the first time since the 1950s that neither one of these teams are ranked, by the way, uh, in this series. So usually when these guys get together, it's either a matchup of top 25 teams in non-conference or it's in the Rose Bowl, for God's sake. So this usually is a really, really big game. And obviously with both teams kind of struggling right now uh, with where they're at, uh, you know, uh, regarding the history of the program and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, what, what you know, the, uh, you know, happened a week ago to, to uh, UW, uh, the game just isn't as big from a national scale. But, you know, look, I mean, if, if, if I'm Washington, I'm glad you're playing Michigan as opposed to a team like Arkansas State, who the Huskies have in a week from now. I don't know how much you could have gleaned from a game like that. I, I think UW needs to play a game like this to truly see where they're at. You know, you play a game like Arkansas State and you pound them, um, you know, I, I, that you're supposed to win a game like that. You know, it's just a, basically another version of Montana, for God's sake. So I'm glad that Washington's playing a game like this because we're going to get a real measuring stick for where they are after this game on Saturday. So speaking of measure sticks, where do you measure Michigan? Uh, have you had a chance to do a little film study this past week? Well, I wouldn't say film study. I did watch the first three quarters of the Western Michigan game last week. That and the, the guy that I was most impressed with is now not playing in Ronnie Bell, right? I mean, I, I thought he was electric in that game on Saturday before he got hurt. I was pretty impressed by Cade McNamara, you know, his touchdown field. And Hutchinson, we all know about, you know, he's obviously a great player whose dad, Chad, played for Michigan back in the day. So I think we've all got some history with those guys. But, you know, I think I think this, this Michigan defense uh, looks – decent to me. I don't know. I'm not sure if they're a world beater elite Big Ten defense right now, but they look very capable. They look like they're on par with what UW has to offer, but I guess my question to you would be, Ronnie Bell not playing, how, how big of a factor is that in this game on Saturday in your mind? Yeah, see, that's a good question. Hard telling right now. Michigan, their depth chart receiver, relatively deep, but that kind of deep that's still unproven. And like Jim Harbaugh said this week, it's probably going to take a couple people to replace Ronnie Bell because Ronnie Bell was Michigan's best route runner. Uh, he, he looked as fast as ever. Great possession receiver. I mean, you saw his hands. So it's going to be young guys like Roman Wilson, A.J. Henning to step up. There was a transfer from Jackson State, caught a touchdown from J.J. McCarthy, Michigan's five-star freshman uh, in the backup. And... Uh, he looked pretty good. The tallest receiver Michigan has is six foot three. So it's kind of going to be a team platoon effort until somebody separates themselves. But definitely a big loss, and could it affect the overall trajectory of Michigan season? Because until it, some, a player goes out there and produces, you never really know, right? 
potential is just potential until it's proven. But hey, Dave Mahler, thank you so much for stopping by. You can catch Dave on 950 KJR in Seattle. Thanks so much, Dave. Look forward to seeing you in the press box this week at the big house. And uh, it's going to be rocking on Saturday night. And I'm looking forward to you being there. Should be good, man. We'll see you then. Thanks, buddy. Okay.